Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Mindset Mall podcast. I am joined by a very special guest today. I am joined by Erin Thompson, and we are going to be talking about a very important topic, I think, to both of us. And there's a good reason why I've asked Erin to come onto this podcast. And we're all going to be talking about weight gain, the improvement season, a building phase, because Erin is a seasoned competitor. She obviously has had a very successful and exciting pro debut this year in the Bahamas and Orlando. Was there anywhere else that you competed as well, Erin? Yeah, just the Bahamas and Orlando. Yeah, I did two seasons, two competitions. I was going to be competing in Virginia as well. But the the standard in the pro league is incredible and it was a real eye-opener to me going into my pro debut and actually seeing how much work needed to be done in my category so for anybody that doesn't know I am a IFBB pro figure athlete and I won my bro card back in 2018 I took a year of growing off before heading into my pro debut where I competed in the Bahamas and then I headed over to Orlando. Now, for my pro debut, I was delighted with the package that I brought. I was five kilos up from my previous stage weight, but it was nowhere near enough. For me to be competitive and for me to be in that top 10, I need probably a solid 10 kilos of muscle to be honest I was talking to the girl that came third in Orlando and she was three stone heavier than me wow wow three stone of lean body mass is fucking crazy it is it absolutely (laughs) is and that's the thing that's the reason why I thought it would be so awesome to have you on the podcast is because as well as like kind of what I've recently said that I'm looking to move over from, you know, having done a bikini prep to now moving over to figure, I have a whole lot of issue to put on as well. And so I suppose it's nice to kind of bounce back, you know, the fact that we're both going to be looking to to build for a long time. And also you've got experience in this as well. And even more so, you've got experience in having moved from trained bikini into um, yeah. the figure category as well so how many improvement seasons have you done since you started competing so I started competing in 2018 so I did my first show April 2018 and then I had like a couple of months break before I competed at the British finals the end of the year so in that period of time I learned a lot about myself and what it actually takes to recover from a prep and to transition to into an improvement season before heading back into la prep again. And safe to say, I didn't set that up correctly. I was very, very new to sport. I was very new into the industry. And I think there's a lot more information out there now compared to what there was a couple of years ago. So I was finding myself just <laughs> watching YouTube videos and, and and trying to wing it, to be honest. And I gained eight kilos in two weeks coming out of, the, uh, coming out of that first show. And mentally, that was probably, probably the hardest couple of months of my life, seeing my body change so quickly in a short period of time. However, my recovery was through the roof. Training ended up being back into a ridiculous place very, very quickly. And I would say 
from like a muscle growth perspective, I made a hell of a lot of progress in that short period of time because I pushed my body weight up quickly. So I learned a lot during that time. Then coming out the back of the British finals, that's where I changed my approach a little bit because it's all trial and error at the end of the day. You've got to go through the process multiple times to find out a method that works best for you. So I reversed very, very slowly coming out of the coming out of my British finals prep. I I only gained, I, I think it was like eight kilos over like 20, 25 weeks. So it was a very, very gradual, steady increase of body weight every single week. And my recovery took a long time to get back to an optimal place. I my sex drive, my sleep my menstrual cycle was all affected during that period because I wasn't allowing myself to gain weight. And I think as a competitor, that's probably one of the hardest things for us to do is actually mentally disconnect from what our body composition looks like, chasing new lines, like seeing the veins and seeing your abs disappear can mentally be really, really difficult. But it's something that does need to be done if you want to make progress really quickly. Absolutely. And I think, to be honest, I was going to kind of ask this a little bit further down the line, but I think it's important to maybe cover it now because this applies to anyone who's going through a building phase or who is a competitor who is, you know, having to deal with the fact that they're now watching their body change quite rapidly because it will do if you are you know reversing you know getting yourself up to your kind of like perceived maintenance or a little bit above it so you've got that energy surplus but what is it that is so concerning to us as athletes particularly as women when it comes to gaining body weight now a lot of people I suppose kind of like fear whether you know are they gaining too fast is there a certain threshold that you need to be above stage weight at a certain period of time and it's so difficult to judge that and it's so individual to so many people but what are we actually that scared of is 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 really difficult to kind of like nail down um and a lot of it does come down to just I suppose the perception of what other people think of us but then again also we know as competitors that it's not healthy to be that lean and to have those lines and to look like that all the time. So why is it such a head fuck for us? I think social media plays a huge, huge factor in the way that we perceive ourselves and the way that we think it should be for transitioning into a growing phase. Because let's be honest, engagement reduces when you're in an improvement season you don't get as much likes on your photos nobody's really interested unless you're getting leaner and you're getting shredded and you've got a show coming up like I think social media plays the biggest part in it and you you'll see a lot of competitors who do stay relatively lean post-show and you'll get all of these people saying oh my god you're amazing well done and why is that to be rewarded? Like, why is getting your health back up to an optimal place as quickly as possible 
and maybe you've gained a little bit of weight, but it's where you need to be if you want to make true progress. Like a lot of these people, or me, me as well, like we'll compare ourselves to people that are better than us. We'll compare ourselves to people that are already at the top of their game. And they don't need to gain a significant amount of weight because they're only making small tweaks and small adjustments to their physique. But if you want to get to that level, you've got to realize that every single person that's up there has went through the process. They've went through periods of time where they felt uncomfortable due to pushing weight up. And they've been in the same situation as what we have. It's just because we are using social media to compare our journeys to somebody else and we feel shit if we're maybe not as lean or maybe we don't have as much muscle mass as they do. Therefore, we do end up carrying a little bit more fat. Like, I think just social media is the the biggest factor here. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, when it comes to social media, as you said, there is a kind of reduced engagement when you are in an improvement season or a building phase because it's not freaky and people are interested yeah. in freaky stuff. That's why people love bodybuilding shows because you're lit- it's, all, it's almost like being at the circus, right? You're watching stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, so not normal. And you're just like, what the hell is that? That's how I felt at the Arnold when I was watching like <laughs> the mass monsters all lined up against each other. And it was blowing my mind. I was like, I can't believe how big and shredded they are. But again, like people are fascinated by things that aren't the norm. That's why people think, you know, having abs is impressive because it requires hard work and discipline, but not to the extent as well where, you know, you're going to ignore the fact that it actually does have have those health implications. And, And the other thing is, I suppose you've always documented your improvement seasons and you've been quite comfortable doing that. And it's something which I'm seeing more of. And I've tried to be very like transparent about for almost like holding myself accountable as I reversed, but also to show people that it's normal. I'm trying to get back to my health. It's taken me a good eight to 10 weeks to get back to decent health after my show. And so why have you always kind of felt the the need to document that and to be so transparent? Because what I've realised is nobody actually truly cares. Like we live in a world where... We're so self-centered. All we care about is what we are doing. And I think when you actually think about when you're scrolling through Instagram and you see somebody that's either 10 kilos above their stage weight or two, like, do you really actually genuinely care about what that person looks like? Because the chances are you'll maybe look at it for two seconds when you're looking at the photo, and then you'll be scrolling past onto the next one. People is only out for themselves. And like on social media, I don't care what anybody thinks of me. If people think I've gained a lot of weight, if people think I'm shredded, my mindset doesn't change because I'm still going to bodybuild regardless because I don't do this for anybody else. And bodybuilding is a process at the end of the day. And your building phase is probably about 80% of it. Prep is 20, but I just like to be transparent because I like to come across as real. I don't like to hide behind social media, hide behind filters. I like to show how it actually truly is and what it actually takes to get to where you want to be. Like, even then, I'm nowhere near 
where I want to be yet. But I just like using social media to document the process as well. And if somebody doesn't like me when my cheeks are three times the size, then <laughs> that, that's, that's their loss. <laughs> it's the healthy glow. And that's the thing. But that is, that is you obviously being so like comfortable and confident within yourself, right? And that's almost like a little bit intimidating to other people because I suppose they might not be that confident within themselves and if we're actually talking about what you're insecure about when it comes to posting yourself with a little bit more body fat right how does that body fat change you as a person like that body fat doesn't define your qualities it doesn't define how hard you work as an athlete it doesn't define you know how much hard work you're putting in in the gym into the process how you're helping other people by being so transparent and being relatable I'm sure actually helps you be a whole lot more successful and helps more people in the long run so actually being transparent about the whole process and as you said the improvement season is a significant amount of it is actually way more beneficial than for people to just post you know empty images of them being like what what does that serve like what does it serve just showing off your lines what does that actually serve yeah, I like to use Instagram as like from an educational perspective as well. I don't just want to share photos of me shredded year year round because yes, it might be visually impressive, but for me to get to stage lean and for me to have that <laughs> have that transformation photos, it's it's the grind and the hard work that you put in the rest of the year that's that's just as important and I think for I deal with I work with a lot of first timers or people that's new into the sport and like we I need to be real as a coach for them to understand the process and what it actually takes to get onto stage in a glittery bikini because a lot of first timers they see the glitz the glamour they see the abs, they see, um, they see the stage photos, but the, the, there's not enough of what it actually takes to get there. Um, so I just, I just like to be as transparent as possible. But I know what it's like as a first timer. It's just because you've set, seen yourself so lean, you just don't want. It is hard to to let it go and to actually disconnect. Like even myself. It still takes me probably at least a month to two months after I'm, I'm finished competing to get my mindset into to completely disconnect with what I actually look like rather than like like I'll, I'll wear baggy t-shirts, I'll cover up, I won't wear sports bras in the gym where if I do have a like sneaky little look in the mirror, I maybe don't like what, like I don't get that feeling that takes me out of my session like, oh, I'm, I've not got striations on my delts anymore because it is just, I think from a, it's, from a mental perspective, you need to be able to go into a, a different bubble when you're in your improvement season. You need to disconnect about what you're looking like and focus on beating the logbook and focusing on your your session as opposed to to worrying about what you look like or what what kind of selfie you're going to get in the gym <laughs> exactly, that, exactly that when when you're focusing on 
your training and your progression and you're enjoying the process and you're in a surplus and you're hitting all the fundamentals, you know, of your sleep and, you know, stress management, all of those other things, you will be progressing with hypertrophy. And I mean, the process of, of growing muscle takes a long amount of time. And I think a lot of this leads me onto, I suppose, a question that someone had asked on the question box was, what do we think about main gaining? Or what do you think, you know, about lean gaining? And is that possible? And actually, how do you, like, how to what extent do you need to put on body fat to maximize your muscle growth? I suppose a lot of people are umming and about because they want the best of both worlds, right? They want to kind of still have a nice sculpted athletic look. They want to grow muscle tissue, but it gets to a certain stage where you kind of have to, uh, you know, <laughs> love it or leave it and decide which route you're going to go down after you've become a little bit more experienced and you've kind of lost out on those newbie gains. I think it really is person dependent here. I think it really does depend on the individual and how long that they've actually got to, to go through an improvement season for. If, I honestly think spending more periods of time at maintenance rather than consistently pushing food up is better from a health perspective as well because you're in a place where you're recovering optimally and you're feeling good from a body composition perspective. You're not pushing your blood glucose levels or you're not <laughs> like pushing yourself to the extremities that digestion's affected, um, insulin's affected. You're in a position where you're potentially gaining at maybe a slower rate than what you would if you would push your food up. However, from a body composition perspective as well, you can't actually gain muscle at maintenance. And I think maintenance is under, like, it's, it's, it's underrated to so many extents. Like, not enough people spend periods of time at maintenance because it's boring at the end of the day. Because not, not much is changing. And I think as bodybuilders, we, uh, we do have that all-or-nothing approach. It's either go hard or go home. Um, so when you're spending a period of time cruising along, not much is changing. It, it can it can be difficult. However, like me, my like myself as well, I'll spend huge chunks at maintenance. I don't push food up every single week. However, it's different from assisted to non-assisted and natural athletes as well. Yeah. For me, because I am assisted, I do get away with pushing food up because I'm using compounds that's going to allow me to keep my body composition in a relatively good place while pushing for progress. Whereas a natural athlete, it's a lot harder for them to push their food up really high while keep things relatively tidy. Absolutely. And it is that kind of compromise that you have to make as a natural athlete. But as well as that, if we're kind of talking about not only um, physique competitors, but even lifestyle clients, lifestyle clients get very uncomfortable at the idea of pushing food up and gaining weight and they have almost maybe like no real need to do that because at the end of the day they're not looking to make you know leaps and bounds of progress when it comes to optimizing muscle tissue you know growth as quickly as possible so 
a lot of my lifestyle clients, you know, they will just be kept at maintenance for a long period of time. And actually six months at maintenance, you can look like a different person on the either end of that. So it is phenomenal what you can achieve, but it almost depends on, you know, what your primary goals are and also how comfortable you do feel with, with pushing up that food. And also, as you said, it can get to the stage where it will impact your digestion. You might feel a bit more sluggish. I'll never forget like posing towards the end of my off season. It's literally like hyperventilating after every single pose. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, what to remember as well, with training, hypertrophy is the goal. If you're progressing all of your sessions, whether it's through reps, weight, um, time under tension, like that is our absolute goal. And if you can do that at maintenance and you're still seeing progress in your training week after week, there's absolutely no need to push up food because you're still making progress. It's when that progress plateaus, then it would be about... Um, having a think and potentially putting the food up or having a look from a recovery perspective to see if anything does need to be tidied up a little bit. But hypertrophy is the goal when, when you're in your improvement season. It's not always about pushing food up because if your recovery is fine and your training is is optimal, then there's there's no need for it. Exactly. And, you know, depending on how long your off season is as well, you don't want to just keep increasing food and yeah. put on more sloppy body fat than is necessary because you're just going to make it harder for yourself in the long run. However, then there is that age old question of how much is too much above stage weight, that old kind of chestnut that people seem to argue about all the time where you've got, you know, the, the coaches who might, you know, only coach pros and they always say, you know, five to 10 kilos above stage weight is all you need to gain, but they don't have huge improvements to make. As you said, you know, they're just sculpting, but what about those of us who do have, for instance, myself in my position, I know I've got so much tissue to put on and I want to do a quite long improvement season. Plus I'm a natural athlete, which means that again, I'm going to need to be really working hard, but also I know that my kind of composition or body composition might, you know, take the softer look and I'm going to have to get okay with that. But how much is too much? Is there such a thing? It is completely individual to to the every everybody is completely every everybody is completely different like everybody has got their homeostatic set point as well where their body will naturally sit comfortably that may be 10 kilos for one person it may be 20 p 20 kilos for for the next for me i'm i'm to, i'll always go 20 kilos above my stage weight easy because that's where my body naturally sits and where it naturally feels good from a health perspective and where I'm recovering efficiently. You've just, it's all dependent on biofeedback and how you feel um, as opposed to focusing on a number on the scales because that number is completely irrelevant at the end of the day. Like, I know that a lot of people focus on, oh, you shouldn't go over this amount of, of stage weight, but the judges the judges don't know how heavy you go in your improvement season. I think like photos and visuals is the most important factor when you are pushing weight up because you will be able to see when things maybe start to do go a little bit sloppy. But at the end of the day, we've done a prep 
we know we can get into condition. If you need to pull it back for four to six, four to six weeks to tidy up before you push on again, then we've got to mentally know that we can we can do that. And it also provides a little bit of respite when you do get to a stage of, you know, feeling like your appetite might not quite be there. You're feeling like you're plowing down the food and, you know, maybe feeling a little bit sluggish in yourself. And it's fine to implement those little tidy up phases. Um, another question actually is, you know, how, how often is it OK to do those mini cuts? Because I see a lot of, again, if maybe we're comparing lifestyle clients to competitors, competitors might be okay and a bit more comfortable with going those kind of longer stints without doing the mini cuts but you see a lot of lifestyle clients you know constantly kind of thinking like oh is it time to kind of like maybe slow things down a little bit now because they get a bit worried and it's kind of like that you know the in and out of the the fat loss phase so sensibly do you feel like there's a certain kind of like time spent in an improvement season time spent out of one doesn't need to be proportional because you know there's um, a lot of the time people might say the same amount of time that you spent in a prep or in a fat loss phase you need to spend out of it for your health purposes yeah I think it really depends on the scenario here like is someone that's just coming out the back of a show they need to spend at least 12 to 16 weeks in a consistent either maintenance or or slight surplus phase to make sure that they're getting in a position where they're regaining their health and getting back to the most optimal place where they can focus on their training, etc. However, with lifestyle competitors, for me and my, my lifestyle girls, I don't have, a bit like yourself, I don't have many that go through aggressive um surplus phases where we are pushing way up to the extremities because they are natural at the end of the day like there's none or there shouldn't be any lifestyle competitors who want to gain mass on any sort of assistance I, I don't I don't believe in that at all however I think f- focusing maybe 16 to 20 weeks before maybe like a four to six week pullback and then going again it really depends on the individual and their their rate of gain and how they feel mentally as well because some people do mentally struggle with the fact that they are putting on a little bit of weight so it could just be a case of doing eight weeks at a maintenance phase four week pullback and repeating the process that way like yes it'll be a little bit slower but your mindset is one of the most important factors that will determine the amount of progress that you make. If you mentally feel shit, you, you it, it, it's going to it's going to take away from the progress that you're making in the training in, in your in your training because you don't feel comfortable. Yeah, and I suppose again, when it comes to those um, lifestyle clients, they might they'll have less reason to be able to kind of like grit their teeth and get through maybe feeling a little bit uncomfortable whereas I'll just you know whack on a baggy hoodie and say okay it's winter season right I'm going to hide under this and carry on kind of like focusing on my progress and again it's I suppose it does come down to the element of how much how much you love training and feeling strong and also kind of where you need to get to for that because for me, still coming out of my show, my last show, which was at the very end of like July, start of August, every week now, I'm just feeling stronger and stronger. And it's like, 
yeah, it's amazing to feel so, so energized. And I'm comfortable with the fact that I will still be gaining weight. And because I love the process. And this is again, when it comes to, you know, focusing on those physique competitors who do need to push up, they need to be focused on enjoying the whole process. You know, you need to like when you're going into prep, you need to like when you're going into the improvement season. Um, I suppose it's interesting to ask, do you have a preference, Erin? Is there one that you prefer, whether it's prep, the improvement season, or do you love them equally? It's really, really hard to to say, to be honest, because I, I, to be honest, my favourite phase would probably be the first eight weeks of a prep where you're like, you're, you're fat jacked, basically. You're starting to get, you're starting to get abs. Yeah. Strength is still, you're still progressing in your sessions. Um, sleep is still in an optimal place. So probably the, the start of a prep is, is my, my favorite time because let's be realistic at the back end of prep. Yes. You may be, look amazing however I actually feel the most self-conscious in myself when I'm at the very back of my prep because we're tiny humans at the end of the day and it can be like mentally like for my for my boyfriend as well like there's nothing there's nothing sexy about a really lean physique and I think remembering that is your transitioning into an improvement phase as well when you're getting your glutes back where you're feeling a little bit more feminine as well is is so much better than than being at, at the back end of a prep so yeah I, I would say the, the, the middle fat jacked <laughs> yeah otherwise I think there's also like another kind of phase that you go through which is kind of like the you know <laughs> flat but fat kind of yeah. thing where you, <laughs> yes. where you also start to become flat but you're still not shredded um so yeah it, it's amazing like having gone through the whole process now myself and I've kind of tried to figure out you know like where do I feel the best and I kind of think I'm pretty much there now which is two to three months post-show like I, I, I've lost the lines but I feel so strong and healthy and I can think now that's the other thing like you know, the little bit of belly that I've got now is worth it for the bunda because it's nice to have some curves, right? It's not, it's not, as you said, sexy when it comes to, you know, you don't really feel feminine. You feel a bit bony. You sit in the bath and you've got your, you know, you can feel that. And it's, I think until you've gone through that process, you don't actually realize that you're just like, right, I can't think I might look freaky and this might be cool, but actually, like, is it is it all what it's cracked up to be? Mm, I don't think so. And until you're there in the trenches, you'll never really know, right? Yeah, I I, I completely agree with you. Like, we, we, we end up being in our own little bubble at the back end of a prep. And all we are thinking about is our physiques. We are, we're thinking about that end goal. And we become so self-focused, we actually forget about everything else so like as you're saying from like a business perspective things maybe you're maybe not your cognitive function maybe isn't <laughs> isn't to, to what it used to be or like your sleep your digest everything starts to be neglected in the back end of that prep but 
you don't care because you've got that that end goal. It's only when you actually transition out of it, you realise how much things was actually affected in your life when you was chasing that physique goal. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a compromise where you have to kind of, I suppose, at least for me, I've spent this kind of time post-show trying to establish like, where do I want to to sit or how do I want to treat my improvement season right because you go through a time of being so restricted and then you're also like right here are my future bodybuilding goals because I'll be honest going into my first show I was like improvement season this is great I can eat whatever I want and it's only until you've got to get the body fat off that you're like hmm, maybe I didn't have to eat everything that I wanted so how do you approach an, an improvement season do you treat it as strictly as a prep do you approach it in more of a kind of like flexible dieting way or or do you kind of have largely structure and then maybe like an off-plan meal once a week or something like that you know where is that extremity compared to a prep so for me, I keep structure in year round. However, I do have more of a flexible dieting approach in my improvement season because there is flexibility to make swaps and make changes from a nutrition perspective. However, whether you're in prep or not, digestion is the most important factor. So eating foods that you know digest well, you know is going to help you with recovery is the most the most important factors. And for me as a first, when I was a first timer, I fantasized about cookies and shit for, for ages <laughs> during the back end of my prep because again, that's the way that social media portrays that that's what you should be like coming out of a show you should be fantasizing and eating donuts and eating cookies but at the end of the day do you actually eat those things before you actually started a prep probably not you would maybe have them once in a blue moon you wouldn't be eating cookies and donuts every single day <laughs> and I think your mind's the biggest enemy with you here like if you push past your mind and realize that you don't actually genuinely want those things and that you can't have them if you truly want to have them because the chances are you probably don't you're just eating it because oh I need I, I, need, I need everybody on social media is having these things post show. I need to have them. Yeah, I think it's kind of like that thing where you know that exposing yourself to something repeatedly and repeatedly or maybe having like super luxurious things over and over again actually starts to then drain the enjoyment out of it. And then you sit and think about how you physically feel and you're realizing that, do you know what, it's kind of like it, it starts to plateau, you know, the more and more of something that you eat, it doesn't necessarily like expen exponentially increase with your level of enjoyment. Like after how many biscuits do you get more satisfaction from eating the same biscuit <laughs> over and over again, right? And it gets, exactly. it gets to the point, I suppose, even when you're in your improvement season, like, yes, you might be able to have more flexibility. You might be able to, you know, have an off-plan meal or, or, you know, if you, for me, I do, if it fits your macros, right? So I, I track my own food, but I still pretty much act as if I'm on a meal plan yeah. um, because <laughs> I like the foods that I eat every single day. And unless it's someone's birthday or there's an occasion, then I might, you know, go out and enjoy an off-plan meal. 
But again, it's still eating mindfully and just, you know, not being a dick about it and and respecting yourself. And I think that's kind of like where people need to realise that the improvement season or or a building phase doesn't just mean free reign to, to, you know, eat like a child. It's just an opportunity to have a little bit more flexibility in your life. A hundred percent. And don't get me wrong, I have multiple on-track meals every single week because making memories and spending time with people that I have not seen for months on end when I am in a prep is very, very valuable to me. And I need to enjoy time with them. And if I'm away places and I want to have a little treat or go out for a meal, I won't be restrictive and be like, oh, no, I can't because that's going to affect my digestion. Like, (laughs) I'm not, like, like, I'm not regimented from a mindset perspective as to what I am when I'm in a prep because enjoyment and having foods that you've not had for a long period of time is really important as well. But as you say, it's about not being a fucking dickhead when it comes to food. You don't need to have... 60 cookies or or five donuts it's about just being mindful and being present as well and actually enjoying the different tastes the different textures and just being in the moment with food rather than um just trying to get as much down your throat in 60 seconds as you can absolutely you know you've got to check in with yourself when you're having that meal and kind of assess you know like Am I eating for the sake of eating? Am I eating because I'm actually enjoying this? Like, literally, as you said, you know, it's it's fine for those experiences and memories. For instance, I'm here in, in Dubai for the first time. I heard that there was a good banoffee pie that's vegan. I don't get that a lot of the time in the UK. So today I took myself for lunch after my leg day and I had a banoffee pie and I loved it. And you know what? Maybe I was in a bit more of a surplus today, but it's worth it for the banoffee pie memories. However, did I ever feel kind of like um, uncomfortable or guilty about that at any stage? No. And it's when you do get to that stage, I think that you kind of need to question, you know, how comfortable you are in terms of where you're at with that relationship with food and whether it is a sake of, oh, I'm eating this because, you know, I need to grow tissue or is it because actually, you know, there's a little bit of an issue there. I think, as you're saying about the relationship with food, that is something that a lot of competitors do struggle with coming out the back of a show because food focus is high and you will be triggered by cookies, donuts, etc. And this is why I personally feel that getting up to maintenance, rather than, rather than a slow reverse diet, is far more beneficial for you from a mindset perspective as well, because you're getting rid of that food focus, and you're not constantly being time-consumed by focusing on what you're going to have every single day because you're trying to fit in foods that you've not had for a long period of time. Like, if you just focus on getting your food up quicker, food focus will decrease as well because food is food at the end of the day. And I think a lot of people, like, competitors struggle with that to begin with. Exactly. And it's sticking to the foods which you know that sit well with you and eating them, you know, regularly, frequently throughout the day in, in decent enough portion sizes to, to not kind of be saving all your calories for having those cookies at the end of the day, um, which is also like really important to consider, too. So 
a kind of like spin on, I suppose, where we're talking about, you know, moving into the phase of muscle growth. A lot of the time, I suppose it might be perceived as strong women, right? That it's a little bit maybe maybe society doesn't quite see women putting on weight, particularly muscle tissue, as something that is, you know, whether it's normal, whether it's desirable. What, why are women worried about putting on that weight or putting on that muscle tissue? Because I feel like a lot of the time, sometimes people might want to progress with, I don't know, say you are a lifestyle client or whether you're a competitor, you want to grow your glutes, right? And you really need to train hard and push yourself in the gym and you need to eat a little bit of food. But, you know, some people just have this sticking point where they can't push past it because they're just scared. But why does society set it up to be like that? Again, is it back to that thing of social media or is it the fact that maybe it's not quite normal to see a really strong woman in the gym? Yeah, I think... I think society is probably the, the the biggest factor here. If you remember growing up, if you was reading magazines, it's always about losing weight, what you can do to get abs, how to lose three stone in three weeks. It's all these fad diets that are glamorized to be to be sexy. Like these fad diets are the they are the the norm right now <laughs> and it's you don't you don't see people gaining gaining weight i completely agree with you and it is out of the norm to be pushing to failure in the gym or trying to be purposely putting on weight and that's why i'm transparent on social media as well because at the end of the day that what is normal yeah like why why is why is it deemed bad to 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 gain weight? Like what? Yeah, I I completely agree. I just think society is one of the the biggest factors in regards to why women are are scared to to put on weight. Yeah, and we can go kind of look at the history of like misogyny and just the fact that maybe it's not quite familiar for some people to to see women who are really strong pushing themselves in the gym like I'm sure that you experience it all the time where like you have people looking at you a bit like you know they're shocked like especially men when they see maybe how strong you are you know today I was squeezing out a couple of like reps that were quite difficult and let's say you know it gets to the stage where you start like grunting to just try and get some (laughs) to try and get some momentum out of it you got people kind of like you know, looking at you with screw faces, like what, what is she doing? And again, I think for some people, they just don't feel like they're maybe capable or comfortable of training hard and pushing hard. But actually, when you push past that barrier, I think it's probably one of the most empowering feelings of realizing how strong and healthy and, you know, powerful you really can be as an athlete and as a woman. I think it is, I think society is definitely changing in the right direction, though. More and more females are going to the gym, like weight training and focusing on like gaining muscle is becoming more popular, which is really, really good to see. But I think like the Kate Moss era where it was to like size zero was like what was glamorized. It, it is probably it is going to take a long time to reverse out of that and strong for strong to be sexy. But 
I think it is definitely moving in the right direction, that's for sure. Yeah, and thank goodness for that because it's awesome. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> people people breaking their boundaries and, and really kind of like working to just be the best versions of themselves from a health perspective because that's the thing. Like weight training is so healthy for you in the long term, particularly as a woman. It's going to, you know, have you have those healthy, strong bones. And also, you know, even as you become a lot older, having that muscle tissue is just going to help your longevity, really. Um, and, and one kind of thing that I suppose is interesting to, to ask for me, Erin, when I obviously started on my fitness journey, I came from a background of being quite overweight, out of shape, unhealthy. And so the first time that I kind of went through a building phase, I found it very scary because, you know, putting on weight again after you've worked so hard to lose it is something which would just like, you know, there's that illusion, right, where you put on all of this kind of muscle tissue, but maybe you can't really see it because it's hidden under body fat. How do you get over that kind of like fear or, you know, how do you know whether you're making progress when it comes to muscle hypertrophy, but also the fact that you're looking softer and you're just like, have I just put on fat or am I actually growing muscle? <laughs> And I, I know exactly, I know exactly where you're coming from because I was the same my last improvement season. I was getting bigger and I was like, what if I haven't made any progress? Because that's the thing. It, off season is difficult because you can't see if you've made any progress or not. But that's why, just like when you're in a prep, you've got to trust the process. You've got to realize that if you're ticking your boxes, if you're doing everything you can um, from a training perspective, recovery, sleep, digestion, you will be making progress. Um, but is somebody that used to be bigger, it uh, can be scary to, to go back into a, a growing phase. This is something that I do um, deal with with a lot of my clients. And as we were speaking about before, staying at maintenance and just going at your own pace is really really important like you don't need to be doing the exact same thing as somebody else who is maybe pushing their food up to 6,000 calories a day and um training training um like 10 times a week like you don't need to be going to that extremities it's about doing what is what is best for you Oh, definitely. Like my, my, the first time I did an improvement season was probably the scariest thing I've ever done in my life because I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know how far I needed to push. However, you will get to that phase in your improvement season that you will need to, to pull back and recomp just to help with digestion, etc. Um, because it isn't just a case of pushing consistently for, for 12 months straight. You do need to have periods of time where you do pull back and actually realising that you will be able to rein it back in and tidy up when needed really kind of 
kind of keeps me at ease a little bit because I know that if I check in next week and my body composition's maybe maybe not where it's supposed to be, it's fine. I can go into a diet for four weeks. It's not the it's not the end of the world. However, I would rather push hard for a period of time to make sure that I am maxing hypertrophy as much as I possibly can to then have a pullback. I would rather do that and push to the extremes rather than just being being scared to up my food or or being scared to to push that little bit more because you can't pull back. Yeah. Go on, try <laughs> yeah and so so moving forward like I'm personally like planning to take a good 18 months two years away from the stage because firstly other life priorities that's the beauty of like an improvement season you know business travel living life a little bit more that flexibility and also just you know having you know other I, I feel like you know, a deep breath is needed after after prep. And especially for me, after my first season, a very big deep breath <laughs> is needed. And I've got things that I want to focus on and also a whole lot of improvements that I want to make. And so when it comes to knowing that you're going to spend a long time away from stage, a lot of, you know, people would argue that that is quite necessary as well. And it actually helps your longevity in the sport. You know, how do you feel like when it seems like it's such a long way to go, maybe until next time? Is there a certain, you know, tip or kind of like mindset that you have that helps you when it comes to knowing that it's going to be a little while yet until you next see yourself at that lean body composition? So going back to that, taking two years off stage is probably is, is, is a perfect amount, to be honest, because if you think about it, it takes roughly at least six months to get back to an optimal place coming out the back of a prep. So realistically, you've got maybe a year and a half of growing because you're not really growing in that far. Like a lot of people say this it's a magic rebound coming out the back of a show and you'll gain a shitload of muscle, but it's actually not true. Like... You, like the amount of gut muscle that you're actually gaining in that period is little to none because your body, your energy availability is not at a place where you, you can't actually gain muscle tissue. So those six months are, they're not wasted, but they are focusing on getting your health back. So realistically, you've got a, a year and a half. I would then make, put it into little blocks so I would do a 10-week growing phase, cut back for four to six weeks, then go again. Um, I think it's super important to just have little mini goals and little mini proje- projects that you're going to work on throughout the throughout the duration of your improvement season as well. And even though other things take priority as well. So when I'm in a big improvement season, business is priority. I do projects that I maybe didn't have the energy availability to do when I was in prep. So yeah, I think it's just about realizing that there's other aspects of your life as well that need to be a priority, not just muscle gain as well, because it is it is a slow, slow process. And we, we, us as bodybuilders, we always want to be moving forward. And I think there's some areas of our life that do need to take priority when we are um, in that in that phase. 
Absolutely. There's there's no way that you want to give up your life experiences just like as amazing as being on the stage is, it does come to, you know, it's a compromise of giving up certain life experiences, certain time with loved ones, you know, and and also to your health as well. So kind of going off the back of what you said there, then I know a lot of people who have, you know, competed for the first time and they've caught the bug, right? The first thing that people are asking, literally as soon as you stepped off that stage is when you next compete and what are you doing next? And, and to these people who are, you know, taking maybe like 16 weeks to kind of like reverse and then they're heading into another prep or every six months they're kind of looking to do a prep. You know, would you even refer to six months away from stage as an improvement season? Absolutely not. Because as I say, it takes about six months to actually regain your health back. And I always like with people that are maybe seasons seasons competitors who can't take that time away from stage. Are they truly doing it for the right reasons, or are they doing it for social media? And for that limelight, and I know that is probably very, very harsh, and it will probably tickle a few buttons. However, like bodybuilding is a process, and if you want to be in that top three, or if you want to become a pro, or if you want to become the best version of yourself, you've got to realize that it happens when you're not in prep. Because especially as a natural athlete as well. Like, yes, you'll maybe, as you're recomping at the start of a prep, you'll maybe still gain a little bit of tissue. However, it's it's going to be minimal. You're, you're not going to be gaining muscle throughout that prep. Therefore, you do need to spend the, the time actually <laughs> gaining that muscle to begin with. Absolutely. And that's the thing, like, there, there surely is nothing worse, right, than stepping on stage the following year and just looking at your comparisons and being like, there's no difference. Like that would probably be my very, very worst nightmare is to kind of like step on stage again. I mean, this time it's not even going to be in the same, you know, division, but to just be like, there is no difference. And it's just not worth it. When you think of the magnitude of work that you have to put in and the sacrifice you're making to your life and your health, and all it might have taken is an extra six months or an extra 12 months to actually yeah. just, you know, focus on building. Is it really worth? And also, let's not even let's not forget to mention how expensive competing is. <laughs> As you were saying all that, I was like, on the money, on the money. That was expensive. Imagine doing all that to look the exact same. Like it, it's totally different if you're already uh, a professional and you're already at the top of your game. But if you're still a newbie and you're still at the very start of your journey, you need to give yourself time. Time is the biggest, biggest factor. Yeah, absolutely. And you've got to be in it for the whole process, right? If you don't love the improvement season and if you don't love prep, then bodybuilding is not the sport for you because it has to, it's that yin and that yang. And at the end of the day, like, why do people get into bodybuilding? Nine times out of 10, it's not 
for the fact that, you know, you started going to the gym because you imagine seeing yourself in a sparkly bikini, right? That's kind of like something that you might find out along the way that people do. But at the end of the day, you started this journey because you wanted to improve yourself as a person, your health. And that should always stay at the forefront of the whole kind of journey. And, you know, just making sure that you're doing the best for you when it comes to health, but also your body composition in a in a way that is fair to you. And as we said, your bank account. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just about going at your own pace and doing what you feel comfortable doing as well. Like, I, I completely agree with you in the fact that you don't need to gain a significant amount of fat in your improvement season. It's just about slowly ticking your boxes and just making sure that you're in a place where you feel good and that you're making progress on a week-to-week basis. Something that I normally tend to go off of is that half a pound to a pound a week is more is more than enough weight that you should be gaining. Any more than that, I would be either thinking about pulling back or just holding for for a period of time. Like you shouldn't be, weight shouldn't essentially be your main focus. It should be your training and how you're feeling that's priority. Exactly. And as you said, like trusting the process and not only that, trusting your coach, like they are there to remove that kind of like self-doubt and that worry as to if you are putting on too much body fat, if you're gaining too quickly, like it's their responsibility to know when to push and when to pull. And if you trust your coach, you shouldn't constantly be questioning these things because they definitely will do what is best for you. And actually it's in both of your best interests to make sure that you're, you know, changing your body composition at the appropriate rate. So I feel like a lot of people, whether they're going at it alone or whether they do have a coach is to trust them because that is literally what they are there for. And if you are maybe too nervous doing it yourself, then that's the point to which invest in a coach to guide you through that experience. Yeah, I I 100% agree with you because all of the best coaches have got coaches at the end of the day. And for, for me, when I'm busy focusing on my clients, my coach is basically just giving me the guidance and I'm just doing the do. I know that he'll pull me back as and when needed. I just need to take my photos every single week, give him a, give him my update and then leave him to do the thinking. And it's the same with me, with my clients. If they're checking in on a week-to-week basis and they're progressing and I still think they're relatively tidy, we'll keep going. If they check in one week where we maybe gained a little bit more weight than expected, it's absolutely fine. I'll pull them back. But as you say, trust is trust is the most, most important thing. Yeah, absolutely. And so kind of like to finish off, I suppose, if someone is a little bit nervous going into a, a building phase or an improvement season or a gaining phase, are there any kind of top tips or a little bit of like a piece of mindset advice that you would give them as to how to approach it? Just remember that nobody cares. Nobody truly ca- I know it's really, really harsh, but nobody apart from you cares about your progress as much as you do. Yes, your coach will obviously care about your progress. However, outside of that, Nobody cares if you've got a couple of extra pounds of body fat on you. Like the most important thing that you do 
is try and mentally switch off about constantly focusing on your body composition, constantly focusing on looking at yourself in the mirror and trying to see new lines, etc. And actually just trying to disconnect and focus in on other other things that may be happening in your life. Like you're getting stronger. You're being able to spend time with friends and family. You've got the macros to allow yourself to maybe indulge in foods that you you couldn't have when you was in a deficit. And just going at your own pace. This is a marathon. Bodybuilding is a marathon. It's not a sprint. Like you just need to take your time and just trust the process. Exactly. And do you know what? When it gets to the stage of trusting the process, realizing that nobody cares and then kind of getting to like I suppose where we both are where we just own that shit and we're just like yep here's a picture of me this is what I'm looking like this week an extra two kilos (laughs) up like it's going to all sorts of different places but it's just you know okay because again you get that confidence of knowing that people value you for you as a person they don't value you for you as you know Erin with bigger cheeks or Millie yeah. with a bigger belly, right? No one cares about that. They care about us as people. And when you have a fantastic circle and loved ones around you, no matter what shape or size you are, they're going to appreciate you. And also they'll probably get used to you, you know, having a different face every other year because that's the whole point of bodybuilding, right? We never really know what our real face looks like because it's no. a different size. That is probably one thing I do struggle with, though, is my face, because I do have quite a chubby face. And I much prefer my face when I'm I'm in prep, because I've got cheekbones and I've got a chiseled jawline. (laughs) However, it's not what my face genuinely looks like. I do naturally have bigger cheeks and I do naturally have a fuller face. And it can be difficult to compare photos, et cetera, which is why I only do that if I'm comparing progress. I don't sit and scroll and scroll back my Instagram and look at loads of photos of me when I am shredded, when I am um, in my improvement season, because it's it's just wasting, wasting energy at the, at the end of the day. Yeah, exactly that. And that's what I say, like, all the time. As soon as, like, it's not to say that we don't, like, all have those thoughts and insecurities. Like, every single person has insecurities. I, from, you know, when I was much bigger, still have, like, my little lower belly pouch, which I'll never quite get rid of. Because that's loose skin, right? And I can't ever get rid of that until I was to have surgery or something to get rid of it. It's literally just not possible. But the thing is that no one no one cares again going back to that and also it's barely noticeable I was I was just a way to say that I never knew you had a little pouch yeah I like, do. I, 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 when I look at your photos I see your whole physique I don't see any little um little bits that you maybe that maybe affect you like we we see you as a whole like we don't see the little bit of cellulite that's on on the back of your legs. Like we're so self-critical, but when you look at the overall picture, like n- nobody nobody outside notices that little flaws that you have on yourself. That's the thing because everyone's so like hyper focused on it. But yeah. then actually, 
again, what it all boils down to is the fact that it doesn't define you. No one truly cares about it. And it really is never going to be like a make or break situation to your life. You know, at the end of the day, the most important thing is your health and your enjoyment of life and living a life full of love and abundance. And that's what we're doing, you know, being strong, enjoying ourselves and being empowering women. And that's what we want to encourage other women to do. So I think that's why this podcast has been so awesome, because hopefully it's going to allow a lot of people to reflect on maybe like all of their insecurities or all of their worries. At the end of the day, if we're talking about body fat, that's going to fluctuate forever. No one yeah. is always <laughs> that constant level of body fat. It will always go up and it will always come down. But the thing that matters the most is you as a person and you being happy and your health, right? Yeah, I 100% agree with you there. You've Amazing. nailed it on the head with that one. Okay, one one last question, Erin. So obviously, like as it's the Mindset Mill podcast, I want to know if there's any kind of change that you've had in your mindset throughout your life, which you really feel has been pivotal to you becoming, you know, who you are today. Do you feel like there's any like main shift that you had in your mindset or main development that you had, which has really helped you become the incredible, strong Erin IFBB pro that you are today? I think from a mindset perspective and actually putting yourself through the extremities of a prep and actually realising what your body is truly capable of doing is probably something that will definitely, my first prep changed my life forever because it gave me a routine it gave me structure it made me dream bigger and to think bigger because you can't achieve your dreams if you put if you put work in if you're dedicated and you're consistent and you're willing to do whatever it takes that's probably one of the biggest driving factors that's made me the person that I am today but just having routine and making sure that every single day I'm trying to be better whether it is in bodybuilding or my business or my relationships that I'm doing something every single day to make me a better person and just to make sure that I'm living the life that I want to live as well really is probably the, the, the biggest factor here because I love bodybuilding and I love I just I love I love my life and I think that's the the biggest the biggest thing yeah absolutely that's awesome and I feel like I've equally just kind of like realized that myself in this kind of like last year is oh shit I can do whatever I set my mind to if I work really hard and then bodybuilding has almost been like the structure that I've needed to allow me to achieve that and it's that discipline that no one can ever take away from you because you know how to switch it on and it's always going to be there should you ever need it to fall back on so I think that's a really really incredible way to finish off an awesome podcast thank you so so much for having me on it's been a pleasure you are so welcome just let everyone know where they can find you whether they're interested in following you you know on social media about your coaching um yeah plug all of that so people can know and I'll leave it in the description box so my personal Instagram is erinti.ifbbpro and my coaching Instagram is coached by Erin. And I've also got a podcast that I will be getting back to doing episodes on. However, it's been a very busy couple of months. Yeah. That's the 
undeniable podcast. <laughs> and if you want to watch an incredible 10,000 calorie challenge too, <laughs> then Erin <laughs> also has an awesome YouTube channel as well. I absolutely love your vlogs. So yes, go check out all of Erin's details. I'll leave them all below. And yeah, just thank you so much, Erin. I really, really appreciate it. And thank you to everyone for tuning in. Thank you.